You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Episode 100, Tech Fan Podcast. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohn. Hello, David. Hello. We missed last week, didn't we? We did. There was apparently some holiday thing going on. Yeah, well, it was a combination of um, Thanksgiving, of course, for us in the U.S., and uh, Black Friday, (laughs) the day we record the podcast, and... My wife, you know, she just wasn't keen on on taking the kids and venturing out forth during the morning of Black Friday, which I don't blame her. Everyone makes it sound like you know it's 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 kind of like a day of the what was that Star Trek episode where everyone had like um, a mad day? It kind of is like that. Yes. Yeah. Once a year, they um, they they were very quiet and reserved and and polite, and then one day a year, they kind of all went crazy and started rioting. And Black Friday is a little bit like that, I guess. Absolutely. Of course, at the beginning of the show, you guys heard um, our theme music. We haven't used that in probably a year or more. I thought for the 100th episode, it might be good to kind of drop it in there. We still have it handy. Yep. And uh, this episode is also sporting a new logo. We switch we switch our logo up a little bit. Now it actually reads what we are. Yes, tech fan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Really, the real reason behind that is uh, I had no problem with the red T and F, but it didn't mean anything for someone browsing the iTunes podcasting store. They didn't mean anything. So at least this way, they can. Our name is there. You know, you you can see it. And we'll stop getting those complaints from the testicle fondling podcast. That's right. <laughs> Did you say testicle? Testicle fondling. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they they you kept calling into that show, and it was kind of confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was reading today, or it, actually, technically, it was last night. That Microsoft has now announced pricing for the Windows 8 um, tablet. What is it called? The Surface. Surface Pro. Pro. So this is the Intel version of the RT. So Which um, which allows you to run x86 apps. Yeah, ba- basically, it's a uh, slate tablet like the ones that Microsoft have been allowing people to make for many, many years. I don't understand their reasoning here um, on a couple different levels. Number one, they've got two products that, to the casual observer, looks exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, and number two, the Pro version starts at $1,000. Really? Uh, yeah. It's, it was, it's at $899, but then you don't get the keyboard with it. Right. So you and you need a keyboard, right? So it's a thousand bucks. So yeah, so a thousand dollars. I I don't I don't get it. I really don't. If you want to compete I, with the, in the tablet market, 
and let's again i'll go back to this because i absolutely believe this there is no tablet market there's an ipad market yeah and everybody else has so far been it has been also ran uh, but microsoft is really the one that's really starting to push into this market because i don't see anybody else making any waves at all just at all no it's been interesting um just kind of, I've just I've noticed that here in the UK, they are they, certainly the the retailers are trying to generate a buzz around the tablet market because they are selling quite a lot of different. You know, they are marketing quite a lot of different tablets, not just the iPad. Particularly, you know, electronics re, electronics retailers who who obviously can sell a wider range of products. And if you go into PC World, our equivalent of Best Buy here, you'll see. You know, not only iPads, but probably 10, 15 different tablet devices. And in, in a dedicated tablet section, what I don't see is a lot of people buying those. Nope. Um, I think I think the Kindle Fires are doing fairly well because they're available in supermarkets. I and things think like that. they're doing okay, but I don't think they're doing well. I think they're hitting Amazon's expectations, but Amazon is not telling us what those numbers are. And I no, think uh, that's uh, telling. More than and I anything. think I think Amazon's playing a very very long game with the fire. Um, they're basically saying, you know, let's just get as many of these things out as we can, and let's not worry too much about the uh, about the profit margins at the moment. Let's face it, Amazon doesn't worry about profit margins because it it doesn't make a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. Um, so you know, they're they're playing a long tail game. So I don't think they they're really really bothered about numbers, which is why they're uh, why they're uh, why they're not. Um, you know, not really thinking about that too much at the moment. But certainly, you know, the Android tablet makers are worried about numbers. Um, and, uh, you know, I I think I think there's, there is a market at the very, very low end for people who say, I can't afford an iPad of any description, so I'll buy something cheaper. What I don't see, though, is a is a, a, a above iPad premium market, which is where effectively these Surface Pros are being positioned plus it surface pro is a weird product because it's 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 kind of like a tablet it's kind of kind of competes with the ipad right and and yet it's also a pc right because it, it's an intel machine uh that that runs a fully wind uh, pc compatible operating system so it, it's this kind of weird in between product and and I, I i can't help feeling you know particularly looking at the price the specifications which are not fantastic no nope. The um, you know what's being said about battery life, which is definitely not fantastic. Four and a half, four to four and a half hours. Four to four and a half hours, which is not. That's you. That's bad. That's really bad. Look, to me, the advantage of an iPad as a tablet is that I can pick it up. I can. It's very portable. I can take it with me wherever I go, and I can turn it on any time I want, and I know it'll work because it's always charged. Yeah. You know, whereas. Um, I, you know, I can get much more than a full working day out of it. I can take my fully charged iPad out in the morning. I can work with it all day. Um, if I'm traveling, I can use it a heck of a lot. I can watch a whole load of video on it. I can do a whole load of productivity on it. I can browse the web on it. I can get home in the evening, and I can still sit down in front of the TV and use it without having to recharge it. Now, if you can't do that with a Surface Pro, uh, and it doesn't look like you can, then kind of what's the point? Absolutely. Especially, especially as to make the best use of that Windows compatibility, you need the keyboard, the mouse, um, all the stuff that you get the laptop. So basically, you've now got a laptop that's less convenient than a laptop because it's in bits. 
Oh, and, and to boot, it's more expensive because you can get <laughs> you can get decent ultrabooks for less money than you would spend on a Surface Pro. Um, even touchscreen notebooks I've seen for going less money than that here. So um, yeah, really, it, it, it's a very muddled message that that they're getting, and I, it's hard to see it being a, a rip roaring success. As I said, you know, I've I've had devices like the Surface Pro for many years. You know, Microsoft since. Um, 2000, 2001, when it started talking about pen computing, has had pen versions of Windows running on Slate-like devices um, that either had add-on keyboards or converted from a laptop into a, a Slate-like device. They were, yeah, well, they were a little bit heavier, um, perhaps a little bit slower than this one is because that's technology moving on. But in terms of the concept, it's exactly the same, and I don't understand why they feel that um, now would you know just because the ipads set up a new tablet market why there's there's still a burgeoning market for these slate pcs i really don't get it i don't either and i think that microsoft has got a uh, i almost kind of feel sorry for them if it wasn't for the sleazy business tactics that they perpetrated on everybody in the eight late 80s all of the 90s and at least half of the 2000s i'd probably feel a lot more sorry for them but I I followed the industry closely, and I have since '95, so I know the things that they did. So I don't really feel too sorry for them. Uh, and we've talked about this ad nauseum. The the biggest problem, of course, being they have no leadership. Yeah, nobody's willing to take a risk at all. They're still trying to do the tried and true Windows and Office everywhere, and the problem is it's not working anymore. Uh, they've scaled back. They've cut their inventory needs in half for the current shipping uh, tablets, the Surface. Um, that comes from suppliers. Let's say Microsoft ordered a hundred thousand of this product. Now they're off. They they only want fifty thousand, which tells you that these things are not selling. Well, in some in some respects, I mean that. They, of course, it's not selling because you can't buy it anyway. Well, and the rule, <laughs> no. the, the reviews came out, and they weren't good. No, they they were they were lukewarm at best. At best. But the, the thing is, is some sometimes the reviews don't matter. No, no I mean I if mean, you're how, if you're how, an how anti Apple person, products? right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. So some sometimes the reviews don't matter if people pick the thing up and like it. Yep. But the problem is, you can't pick this thing up anywhere. Nope. I can't. I've I've tried my damnedest to get hold of one here in the UK, and I can't find anywhere. Which the has only it. place I know near where I work is the Microsoft Store, and I didn't feel like going in there and feeling like I was under a microscope because there was nobody except for employees in the store. And that feels weird. There's eight guys standing around, and you're going to walk in and start playing with the Surface. It's uncomfortable. I don't want to be the only person in the store. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I feel like I'm under a microscope. Like, they're just, oh, are you going to buy something? You know, I never got pressure anytime I've gone into a Microsoft store to buy anything. But, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like, eh, I don't want to be the only person in here. Um, so I haven't played with one either. And I, I really do want to. But I feel like I know exactly what it's going to be like at this point. I've read so many reviews. I've seen so many videos online of this device. I feel like I know exactly what to expect. And my expectations are very, very low. Um, there's no way I would buy one. If someone gave me one, sure, I'd, I'd take it. 
Yeah. But I'm not going to spend any of my hard-earned money, especially at that price point that the current ones are shipping at. And here's why, David. There's this little thing that we're now selling at Mac Specialist that I've finally had a chance to play with um, for a while. Um, it's called the iPad Mini. And it starts at 329 Yeah. And it's a fantastic little... Oh, I, I really like the Mini. I yeah. think that's... For every one of the uh, full-size iPads that we're selling, we're selling two of the Mini. I can't keep them in stock. I was supposed to get another 10 in today, and I think already four of them are accounted for. Yeah, um, you know, we talked about this when the Mini came out a few weeks ago, about you know, would this be the, the hot seller, and, and it certainly looks like it is. And there's no question in my mind at you all. Know, I mean, I, I've seen it in the Apple stores here in the UK. Um, stock sells out as soon as it comes in. Yep. You know, I've I've actually seen that happen. I I can guarantee if I go to my, my local app store in an afternoon, there will be a steady stream of people while I'm in there coming up and asking the uh, the sales guys if they have any minis in. Um, and it's definitely the one that people want. I I'm very lo- much looking forward to getting mine. I get mine next week. So uh, my has- issue is I don't have a place for it right now. I use my full size iPad three all the time, and I can't think of. A situation where I would put the three down to pick the mini up unless my kids want to play with one of the iPads and I can already tell you what will happen if I get the mini that's the one they're going to want to play with because for a five-year-old he turns five this coming Tuesday and a almost 10-year-old in Brooke the regular iPad is quite large mm. the iPad mini is just about perfect for him it's yeah. bigger than an iPhone but it's not, you know, leaning over. It's not top heavy when they're playing with it. But I, you, I think the solution to you is to is to not use the uh, iPad three anymore. I mean, if you're going to do it, trade down to the mini and and have that as your iPad. Yeah, but see, I read comics on my iPad, and the original iPad size is perfect for comics. The iPad mini, it's a little bit too small. I got to scroll left and up and down to see the whole page. I don't have to do that with the mini or with the uh, mm-hmm. full size. And uh, reading is definitely easier on the full-size iPad. So, me personally, I, I want one just because I want one. I just yeah. don't have a place in my digital life for it, David. Oh, I'll just have to come over and steal your iPad so that you have to buy your one. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, be, uh, wouldn't be, no. I Well, I mean, I'll... I'll I'm definitely going to be living it. I get, as I say, I get mine next week, and my uh, iPad three is going away, and the iPad Mini will be my only one. And my brother's just done that as well. You remember Jeremy? He met a few years ago at MacWorld. Yep. Yeah. So uh, he texted me just a couple of days ago to say, "Oh, I'm typing this on my new iPad Mini." Uh, and uh, yeah, he's he's done exactly that. He's given away his iPad three, and he switched solely to the Mini. And for him, you know, and I think it's the same for me. It's it's the size. It's the fact that he always has it with him. Uh, and the fact that it's smaller and lighter kind of does it for him, you know. Yep. So I was looking through some of our uh, archives, being this is our 100th episode, and uh, there's a lot of things that we talked about, David, that never came to pass. Do you remember I was talking about Microsoft and Adobe merger? Way back yeah. October of 2010? That didn't happen. What do you, do you think? What do you, Obviously, I don't think the, the possibilities of that happening is very good now. But do you think that something like that would make sense? Um, uh, not not with Microsoft. I don't. I think if Microsoft approached Adobe at the moment, they'd resist it. 
Uh-huh. I mean, Adobe are doing okay. Um, not great. They're try- not not great, but they're still doing okay. They they have a high high margin product um, that still is is very popular. So they're trying to transition their business model, but they're still doing okay. Uh, Microsoft is just so unfocused at the moment. Who'd want to be swallowed up by Microsoft? Because there'd be as good a chance as any that rather than being capitalized and, and used as a lever to actually refocus their business, you'd kind of be swallowed up and pushed to one side and, and then be forgotten about. Yeah. So who'd want to? I, I If I was Adobe, I would say no thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back in Episode 7, you uh, you had a, a lusting for an 11-inch MacBook Air. What do you use now? I have an 11-inch MacBook Air. <laughs> now, of course, the one two years ago is quite different than the one you're using now yeah, as well, far as processor speed and stuff. But I've traded up every year because every year it's gotten better and better. And, and now it's at the point where... I can't see what they could do to it next year to make me actually want to get rid of the one I have now um, because, you know, it's so fast. It's so powerful. It has all the ports on it I want now. It has the Thunderbolt. It has the USB 3, um, which is really good, to be honest. You get a, a, I bought a USB, a 64 gigabyte USB 3 key, you know, USB key, memory key sure. for it. And um, even on USB 2, it's fast. But stick it in the USB 3 port on the MacBook Air and it's, wow. You know, I mean, it's it, it's 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 amazing. I mean, it's for the first time USB is is well up there with with the, the old FireWire 800 ports. I mean, it really is good. You know, hmm. um, and and yet a lot more convenient to use than the FireWire ever was. So, um, yeah. So it, I mean, you know, it's it's pretty much the perfect machine for me. Now I don't use it as much as I might like. I mean, here's the weird thing: the the perfect MacBook Air is now in my possession, and yet I don't use it anywhere near as much as I used to because I have an iPad. <laughs> Do you think that'll change when you have the iPad Mini? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, uh, because I, I, you know, the, the, I'm in this strange position. I have to carry a laptop for work, and I'm not going to carry my own MacBook Air with me for work. If yeah, it were to be dam- yeah, if it were to be damaged or stolen, um, that would be really awful for me. You know, I could use it for work. I could run my work uh, Windows image as, as a virtual machine, but I don't want to take the risk of carrying my own machine around with me you know and and run the risk of something happening to it so i have to i have to carry a, a windows laptop for work um and so i have the ipad as well um you should so, have work by your windows uh pro or a, a surface pro funnily enough you know we i've got a conversation scheduled with our it people next week our our windows like we use uh lenovo laptops and you know if they're okay they come loaded with an awful lot of Lenovo crapware, um, but they are pretty robust and they they perform reasonably well for Windows machines. Um, and we have some small and fairly light ones that do have like eight hour battery life, so those are pretty good. But those are leases, and the lease is up um, fairly soon. Uh, and they want my input into what we should be doing going forward, whether we should be, um, you know, leasing some new ones or maybe doing a. a like bring your own or have a smaller selection and maybe looking at tablets. So may get an opportunity to, uh, to get some trial stuff in. Tell them MacBook air nine ninety nine, and you can run windows. Yeah, every time I suggest that I, everyone kind of laughs nervously around the room. Um, Tell them it's I, this only true PC because it can run the Mac. It can run windows <laughs> yeah. and it can run Linux. I, I think the problem is, is that we would have enough trouble convincing some of our more luddite users to adapt to mac os 10 um that 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 would be a non-starter even if they weren't you know they will be worried about 
support ability and you know robustness and that sort of thing but um i think the the principal problem will be it will be more support overhead for them to have to support os 10 as well as uh, windows and and you know no to, to to buy an apple mac and then kind of wipe out os 10 and just run windows only on it is kind of silly yeah it's sacrilegious <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right let's take our first break here david we'll be right back hello I'm Mike McPeak from Bard on the Plains podcast. Growing up on the plains of South Dakota, I used to listen to my dad tell stories about his life. I never had a chance to record any of these, but I realized that everyone has a story to tell. And that's what I try to do on this podcast, tell anecdotes of my own and have other people tell their stories in their words and in their voice. So please listen to Bard on the Plains podcast. It's about stories, mine and yours. Episode 100, Tech Fan. Uh, check out techfanpodcast.com. That's how you can uh, find to get a hold of David or myself. And uh, yeah, I got to update the website too, David, with all the uh, you know new graphics yeah. and, and all that stuff. Probably won't do that before this episode goes out, though, because that's kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> and, and I'm lazy, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, we haven't get, been getting a ton of feedback lately, but then again, we've been kind of skipping episodes, which isn't good. Yeah. yeah. And again, I apologize for that. And, uh, it's more my fault than David. He was ready to go. And I was the one that was like, eh, yeah, no, uh, we did get, um, feedback from Peter bird and he wrote, uh, hello, Tim and David. I have an iPad mini and an iPad third gen. I have found since having both, I use each for different things. So for me, having both works, but I do think most people don't need both. I was listening to what you said about the comments made about the show uh, the three geeky ladies did. I don't understand this person's comments. It was very clear. Oh, wait. We already read this one last time, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, sorry, Peter. But, you know, he's talking about the iPad mini and the iPad third gen. Yeah. And we just talked about that again. I didn't realize we've talked about it so much. Um, let's see here. Going way back to uh, January of 2011, I was at Macworld Expo. What's the chances of you going to that ever again? Um, I it's it's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility, but uh, not this year. No. Just can't certainly can't afford it this year. I'm actually registered, and yeah. I know Guy is going, and uh, Vicky. Uh, I think two of the three geeky ladies are going actually. Um, yeah, I think it's, we've got a pretty large contingent going, but I just what about what about Mac Specialist? Is there worth having a Mac Specialist representation there? Uh, not as Is, not as not on the floor or anything. No, no, not 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 as an exhibitor. But uh, I mean, I remember people we dealt with in the past used to make a big thing about the amount of business they got done at MacWorld. Is that is that not really the case anymore? Well, last year, uh, well, technically this year. Uh, I did find a couple products and we ended up selling them. And probably the the one thing that I found at the show that's really helped us was the Qmatics uh, Folio. It's a keyboard, Bluetooth keyboard and case for the iPad. And we sell uh, a couple different ones, but that one is people really seem to like it. Yeah. And, and we haven't had any returns on. It. I think we had one maybe eight months ago that was defective, and that was it. And people really seem to like them. And uh, so in some respects, yes, it's definitely worthwhile simply because it allows me to find new products that's definitely worth selling. But there's other events that I go to throughout the year that do the same thing. 
Right. Q Maddox wasn't at these other events, though. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, ju- for just that one reason, yeah, it was definitely worth going. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm going yet or not. Uh, I know Guy Cyril really wants me to go, uh, and he's got plans to go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It would really be nice if, if I would have an extra day in the week, which I don't, to try to land some sponsorship for the event. Yeah. So it's not all on, you know, my credit card or guy's credit card and that sort of thing. But I, I just don't have the time. Mm. So. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, the same for me. You know, if I can get financial support to go, then it then it certainly might be easy to manage it. But certainly, I can't I can't afford to do it on my own this year round. It's, uh, you know, things are tough, and um, and it's quite expensive to go from here. I'm looking back at our uh, all of our episodes, and one of my favorite ones, honestly, happened in March of 2011. We interviewed uh, author Richard Phillips because he had at the time. The number one downloaded ebook on Amazon, and yeah, I got an, a- an email from Amazon this week saying that the third book of that trilogy, which he was talking about then, has just been launched. I actually wrote a review for it on Amazon, and uh, yeah, it's called Wormhole. And mm-hmm. uh, the funny thing is, uh, I don't want to say we've become friends since the interview, but I've stayed in contact with Mr. Phillips, and he actually sent me that book over a year ago. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I read it a long time ago, and I was kind of surprised that it took so long for it to pop up on Amazon. I know there was some contractual things that he was working with. Um, I really liked the interview, though, because it kind of uh, opened my eyes a little bit to the whole digital publishing revolution that's going on. And that's that's not slowing down at all, David. This is uh, digital publishing, and what I mean by that is people authors releasing their work directly through Amazon without going through a publisher and it's digital only you can't go out and buy a you know a hardback or a soft back uh, copy of the book it's it's taking off more and more every day I, in fact it's already taken off let me yeah. let me change it's taken off and it's it's not slowing down any yeah it, uh, I mean yeah, certainly I mean it's never been easier to to do that the, the, the problem with we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and we talked about podcasting as well. The problem with that, of course, is that, you know, you do have, and I think this is something that Amazon is not particularly great at. Certainly iTunes is, even with this latest revamp, is not very good at, is um, sourcing the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> because, you know, the problem is when you democratize something to the point that anyone can do it is everyone starts doing it. And, of course, you know, there's a reason why many frustrated authors have never been published. It's because they're, they're, their writing's not that great. You know, by the same token, there are plenty of authors who um, are really great and have never had an opportunity for all sorts of other reasons to publish. And you've got to be able to sort through, the find the quality, um, you know, in, in among you know what what are, can often be a, a large amount of stuff that's that's not 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 that that's the stuff that that's not so good isn't worthwhile i mean any creative endeavor i think is worthwhile but as as a buyer as a reader you want to make sure that that you know you're reading the stuff you enjoy and there's nothing worse than reading something even if it's got a great story and it is, in fact has been not necessarily been published well because it's been self-published so there is a real balance there you know interestingly enough i see that i'm looking at at 
the third book on Amazon. I mean, he's he's kind of branched beyond self-publishing. I mean, this one's available as a as a paper book, an audio book, and as a, a as an audio download. You know, a CD or a, or as a download. Yeah, because the popularity of the the first two books in that series uh, convinced a publisher to pick it up, and that's yeah. kind of what slowed down the third book. Yeah, uh, I also uh, know that he's writing another book. He's almost done with it, based on one of the characters in that trilogy. Uh, you know, the Ripper, the one guy who's uh, uh, he's basically hired to find out what's going on, and he's kind of like a I can't describe him any better than that, to be honest. the 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 point is, he's expanding his universe, and I think that's kind of cool. Are you still there? I'm still here. Okay. Episode 27, April 15th, 2011, David. We talked about this. Uh, it's hard. It, man, it's really hard to believe. It's, it's it, it seems like it's longer, and yet it doesn't seem like it's that long ago. It was called Rip Flip. Remember that? Uh, the title is not giving me the idea of what we did. The Flip Camera. Oh, yes. I still have you know, I have a Flip camera right here on my desk still not been used recently i guess that's the problem with the flip isn't it <laughs> i do you miss it at all well you know what i'm looking i've just literally as i as as i've said that i've picked it up and and powered it on and um you know i mean it's still a very nifty little device but the problem is it's just not terribly relevant anymore <laughs> you know i mean it's huge compared to say an iPod or an, I, an iPhone uh, and yet the iPhone now can do um, you know video video recording just as just as well as this can so it really was an idea that kind of got overtaken by events but it is in in of itself it's still a very nice device you know yeah but yeah I, I you know but the time had come that yeah. cell phones were taking as good if not better videos I mean my iPhone 4s takes much better video than the flip did yeah and it just wasn't reiterating quickly enough well i think it was it was kind of a uh, i know you can still get you know pocket pocket digital cameras but it really the flip was the last gasp of the um you know the single use device in my view uh, and, and, and really what I feel sorry for about the flip is not so much the demise of the device itself as the fact that, you know, as a company, you know, one minute they were on top of the world, the next minute they were, you know, really struggling. And then they got bought out by Cisco, who basically just buried them under a, you know, under the bleachers outside their, uh, outside their headquarters, really. I mean, it was almost like uh, Cisco bought them to put them out of their misery because they just did nothing with the products once they bought it. Um, which which was a shame because probably the one opportunity that Flip had to diversify was to do some stuff with wireless um, and to allow you to, you know, share that video straight out of the device. Um, probably could have kept it going for a year or two more, you know. But um, it certainly pointed the way for uh, the cell phone manufacturers to really beef up their camera products. I was looking at, I was in some drugstore, Walgreens or something like that just recently. And I was waiting in line, those good two, three people ahead of me. And they had these little RCA single-use video cameras. And all the specs were exactly what I remember from uh, the flip. And it was twenty nine ninety nine. 
So hang on a minute. So a single use video camera. Well, single. Uh, it's only good for recording. Oh video. right. Okay. Sorry. I, I actually I did see uh, I saw something on Amazon the other day and I thought what the hell is this and it actually is a disposable digital camera. You know, like you used to get the disposable film cameras that people used to right. put on tables at passes. Right. Well, it's the same thing, but it's a digital one. Uh, and I thought, what the hell, <laughs> you know? And the and basically, it looked like it has a uh, sealed-in battery, and once the battery's flat, that's it. You're meant to throw it away. Odd. Yeah, I was just like, I, I don't understand that at all. But there you go. Um, episode forty-one, August of twenty eleven. I was talking about a brand new device I got called, and it's it's shaken up the world. It's pretty much taken over at this point called the HP Touchpad. Oh wait, <laughs> no, it hasn't. That's the, I think I think you're having memories from an alternate universe. There. Yeah, yeah, that didn't really uh, pan out for them, did it? I think it, it could did. have, but well, again, you know, kind of like the flip. It was a, uh, it was great idea executed very badly um, and what's interesting is that that deal that um leo apotheca did just before he killed hp's um you know tablet after was it three weeks or something like that 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 deal for the services company he bought is now being investigated for corrupt corrupt payments imagine that <laughs> so yeah i mean that that's that's all very strange but but yeah and, and you remember that frenzy I do the, the frenzy after they uh, fire sailed a lot of them, um, and uh, interestingly enough, I mean this is how far we've come. They they knocked those down to there was it was about one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, it was ninety nine dollars. Ninety nine dollars um, for the sixteen uh, gig Wi Fi only, yeah, but still, yeah. Uh, and people bought them like they were going out out of out of style, which they were. They were. <laughs> um, and yet, this last week uh, for Black Friday, Amazon. Had a had a a fire sale on their original Kindle Fire uh, and dropped the price right down and and you know it wasn't that much above what you paid for the touchpad but that's that's for a still a still living still breathing device I bought one actually I bought one for my my mother she's been after a tablet and I thought she's a big Kindle user and she just really wants to browse the web and do email on it as well as read her Kindle books so I thought a Fire would probably make more sense to her than a an iPad. Mm. So, uh, so I bought her one. So I don't know because she could have done get a chance to play with it. Yeah, she could have done all that with an iPad as well. Yeah, well, I, I tried to convince her, but um, she was kind of. I, I, the problem is she was moving from it. She, she has a netbook and she wants to move off the netbook to a tablet, but she wants to pay netbook sort of prices. You know, she did not want to pay iPad prices, um, and certainly if I was going to buy it for her as a gift, I was not going to do. I was not going to. Uh, I was not financially able to buy her an iPad. So, but I was able to buy her a, a Kindle Fire. So, uh, the next episode, yeah. we were talking about the riots going on in the UK. Mm, seems like uh, that seemed like a long time ago. It does, yeah. Because last that summer was so different to this summer. Because this summer has been very positive. You know, we um, had the Olympics. With, the, with and... the Olympics, we had. You know, we've had a few. We've had a great summer for sport. You know, we've had some. It was our first British players to win a, a Grand Slam in tennis. Um, you know, we did well in cricket this year, um, as well as as well as the Olympics and the Paralympics. You know, so it, it really has been a, a a very strong summer for for British sport, and that kind of has. And of course, we had the Jubilee as well, which which kind of you know buoyed everybody up. So um, 
you know, the, the real difference from that summer before where, it, you, you know, there was tension in the air in, in Britain the whole year. You know, we had a new government. They were talking about really um, moving to austerity, so there was going to be less money around and everything like that. Um, and, uh, you, you know, they, the, and there was all that phone hacking stuff going on as well. So it, it really was, uh, really, there really was tension in the air and, and the, the riots kind of kicked off over over a, what, what, what now seems to be, a, you know, a, a kind of bizarre turn of events. Um, but they they did have kind of have a lasting impact on us, really. Episode forty eight, we had uh, Tom Schmidt on. He writes for my Mac, but uh, he's also a uh, technician, uh, an Apple Care technician at First Tech Computers in Minneapolis. Uh, that was a good conversation. I met Tom in person that same year at the MacWorld Expo, and uh, I saw him again when I was in Minneapolis for an ASMC event, and he came down. Uh, he's a good guy, Tom. Very smart, yeah. and uh, I, I like having him on the show. Yeah. We have to have him on again soon. And then episode 49 was all about the Kindle Fire. I I don't regret buying it, but I don't use it very often. And I have no plans on getting a new version at all. Yeah. So the one I've just bought for my mom is the updated basic kindle fire it's not the hd one yeah so it's basically the same one you have but it has slightly faster internals um uh, same egg of memory uh, i'll have a play with it before i give it to her um but yeah i'm not on i didn't i didn't take the opportunity of a sale to buy two or three of them uh our 50th ever our 50th 50th i can't talk now i'm just i've lost it whatever it was is gone our 50th episode it's all broken yeah. now yep well, exactly 50 episodes ago, um, was kind of sad. It coincided with the death of Steve Jobs. Yeah. And we had a lot of people on that episode. Uh, you, Guy Searle, uh, Gaz Maz, um, David, David Biedney, Sam Levin, Rich Lefko, Steve Hammond, Antonio Gomez, Scott Willie, Wilsey, uh, Mark Greentree. We had a lot of people on that show. I mean, um, it was a sad occasion. Yeah, and and you know, amazing. It is, it is another one of those things. All I can still remember, you know, hearing about it, and yet at the same time, it still seems like longer ago than longer ago than uh, than just a year. Yeah, that's so, exactly yeah. it. I mean, a lot of websites were doing the whole thing about um, Steve Jobs at that time. Uh, you know, in October on his on the anniversary of his death, and. I don't really like celebrating the death of somebody, which is why no. we didn't do anything about it. Because yeah. it just, eh. It, it didn't seem to be something worth celebrating. I would rather look back on someone like that on their birth date, maybe. Or some kind of an anniversary that went along with, you know, the company or a product. That sort of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... I don't know. It's funny. I mean, every now and again... You know, I mean, you, when you watch the keynotes now, he's he still casts a long shadow over those. He does, even though you know they're they're done very differently, and and you know you can't help but remember um, what it was like to see it, see one of his keynotes. Yeah, and thankfully we can go back and watch those keynotes, and it's yeah. funny that he was so far ahead of where everybody else was the leadership in these other companies. And you really did 
you, I think with hindsight, you can really look back and really grasp what he did for technology and how he really did marry the arts with technology. Because as great as the iPad is, it's nothing without books and music. And you know what I mean? It, yeah. it, we need the arts for technology to really kind of blossom. That's what the technology well, brings us is the art. I think, I think that's the key thing. I think something Apple still, uh, still reflects and, and I hope we'll always remember is that these, uh, and that this, I think this is the difference between, um, you know, kind of bring the conversation around to where we started with the surface. Apple doesn't make technology and gadgets for gadgets sake. It makes them to do things yep. and everything it thinks about what you're going to, it doesn't think about, you know, what, can this device have it thinks about what can you do with this device and that is the 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 focus and i think that's something many technology companies get wrong they start with what can you do but once they've thought about that they then forget about it and focus very much on, on on what can we put into it and the surface is a prime example of you know what can you do with a surface well, you know, it, it's 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 trying it's it's not focused enough. It's trying to do all sorts of different things, all sorts of different ways. Whereas the iPad is is not. The iPad is is about what can you do with a a software programmable piece of glass. And what can you do? And I'm looking forward to seeing what other companies come up with because I don't know. Sometimes it just seems like they're looking at the iPad and they're trying to do their take on it. Yeah, uh, that's what happened before when it came to you know uh, the Macintosh itself and Windows and in many respects Microsoft still has that philosophy see what everybody else is doing and then do something similar but enough different so you don't get sued. Um, looking back, number uh, episode seventy, I was talking about the Sony Vita. And uh, many more games for it now. Some really good games. And I do use it. I do play games on it occasionally. Not as much as I would like, but that's not the Vita's fault. That's simply a timing thing on my end. But uh, it really is a, a, a quite compelling game system, David. Yeah, I, 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 the, the thing is for me is that you know now I can play such great games on my iPad. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the, the gaming on <laughs> I, I, iOS didn't slow down at all. No, I, I you know, I, I have... I can play games of, of they're not the same quality by any stretch of the imagination waking yeah, up the Vita, but you know what? No, but, you know what? I, I got to disagree with you. They are pretty much right there. there there's well, not I, too much I, on the Vita that I can't do on my iPad. Yeah, I, I you know, I, certainly in terms of the, the gameplay experience, you could probably smarten up the graphics maybe or or something like that. You know, some, some, some of the blockiness of some of the characters in some of the games I play kind of irks me. There, there's, you know, you know what I mean? Particularly in like um, things with a like a perspective, third-person perspective view. There's a certain type of game that you see on the iPad where the characters look like they're made out of little triangles, and they really wind me up when I see that nowadays because it's just not necessary. And that's the sort of thing that the Vita with the extra power can get you away from. But, but you it, look at a lot a, of the games on there; they're it's very similar, though. They're I think that's a developer aesthetic more than yeah. uh, uh, hardware-based. Uh-huh perhaps but it kind of winds me up but certainly in terms of the types of games i can play any of the sort of games i want to play i can play on my ipad and and i'm i'm hoping um that when i get my ipad mini that actually will be a better gaming platform than even my uh ipad 3 it won't be 
Well, I, I'm I'm hoping it will from a usability point of view because some of the things sometimes I find with the iPad 3 that the screen is just a little bit too big. In so those regards, yes, bit, but without yeah, without the Retina display, it's not going to be as good. No, I, I know it's not going to look as good, but in terms of being able to touch the controls on the screen, yeah, um, that's a key thing for me. And let's face it, it doesn't matter how good it looks. If you can't play it because you can't reach the controls properly, then that's not, not so good. I got one of those... Um, Icade things, the yeah. uh, not the uh, not the. You're console. talking about the controller. Yeah, the the. Um, looks like the an one. NES controller. No, no, I got the bigger one, the mm. one that basically looks like the old. It's called the Icade Core. So it 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 basically is the Icade, but without the cabinet. Gotcha. So yeah, um, absolutely fantastic. One of the best things I've ever bought. Yep. Well, I've got I, the Icade. I told you. Yeah. And uh, I don't play as many games on it because it's so big and and heavy and. This yeah. that's the advantage of the core is it's just the key it's just the joystick and the uh, buttons and then the iPad just slots in the top, so it's a lot more convenient to use. You can just get it out anytime you want and sit it on your lap and then pop pop your iPad in. Don't even have to take it out of the case. Right now, of course, the big news is uh, Angry Birds Star Wars. Have you picked that up? I have that. Um, I'm a big fan. I think it's a really good game. Yeah, yeah. And I've never that- really liked the Angry Birds too much. Just yeah. kind of wasn't my thing. I wasn't into it. I think mostly because everybody seemed to be into it. Yeah. Uh, but Star Wars, Angry Birds kind of drew me in a little bit. So I went back and played some. Because I've got them all because my kids like them. So I went back and started playing a couple of the other iterations of the game. And, uh, yeah, they're good games. <laughs> you know what I'm really excited about, and this should come as zero surprise to you, David, is uh, Rockstar releases... My second favorite game of all time, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, yeah, on, on iOS next week. Yeah. Well, I was excited this week to see that the uh, Vectrex, em- Vectrex emulator was finally out. I downloaded it. I haven't played it yet, but yeah. I do know it's compatible with the iCade. It is, yeah, when, when you buy the extra games. And, yeah, I've not had a lot of chance to play with it yet. But I, one thing I did notice, I fired it up on my iPad, and it looks fantastic, and it was a lot of fun. Fired it up on my iPhone, and I couldn't see the screen. Mm-hmm. They have kind of a fake. Uh, they're 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 simulating the scan of the beam of the because the Vectrex was a vector monitor, right. so the beam would scan over the screen many times a second. That would give the the graphics this kind of shimmering flicker effect, and they've replicated that in software. But for, certainly on on my uh, on my three GS. Uh, when I tried to run that game, I couldn't see anything because of that that shimmer effect. It looked too dark. So uh, I guess that's something that I have to fix. Well, obviously line. next they week, it's great. obviously next week, I'm probably going to be talking nonstop about Vice City. It just was it. It's the game that brought me back into video games after a very very long absence. I literally stopped playing games, video games around '94, and it was uh, that game. Seeing the commercials for that game on television that made me go buy a PS2 and get that game. And yeah. so while I like and I really like Grand Theft Auto 3 and I play the heck out of it. I'm on the last mission actually on my iPad. That's how much I played it. Um it's it's still Vice City was my game. Uh I like San Andreas better, but Vice City was my game. That's that's yeah. what drew me in. There was a guy at work who who got sick of me talking about it so he went out and bought a ps2 as well and that game and that's all we would talk about for months i mean it just it 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 had a lasting impression on me to this day 
And so next week, I'm happy to pluck down my 4.99 and start reliving that adventure again. Um, but that's next week, and this is episode 100, and we're going to wrap this episode up, David, because uh, we're running out of time here, and not yep. not not length of show, but length of time in the day. <laughs> My uh, my wife should be home soon, and my ex-wife is supposed to stop by and give me money because she wants to buy a new MacBook Pro, a 13-inch, and uh, so she's going to give me money so I can buy it for her at work. Don't give her that coffee soap one. I tell you, the, ba- <laughs> the Bat Mac. <laughs> that was a 15-inch, anyways. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Of course, we do ask you guys go up to uh, Tech Fan Podcast. Send us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you guys, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, fill out the contact us form, send it in, and Dave and I will talk about your feedback right here in episode 101. See you next week, David. See you then. <laughs>